there's more time being spent on empathy, on coming to agreement, on understanding folks that's impacting how you know, demos are being used in the sales experience today. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about how the current state of the world is impacting business conversations. It's a little crazy out there and everything from prospecting to sales calls to communications with existing clients, things are changing. And fortunately, there is data that allows us to stay ahead of the curve if we're willing to listen. To help us, we have with us Jim Benton, CEO of Chorus.ai, a conversation intelligence platform. Jim, thank you for taking the time and welcome to the show. Chad, thanks. Excited to be here. So before we jump in, we always like to ask kind of a random questions or so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. And with the way the world is right now, it provides an opportunity to dive into maybe something, you know, in this new work from home reality that, that you've been able to reconnect with, whether it be a, a hobby, a passion, a pastime, family time, just something you've been able to explore, some positive element that's come out of this for you. We'd love to understand what that is for you and, and why it's so important. Mine might not be that original, but the idea of just walking around the neighborhood, you know, taking a few kids out after dinner, and you just meet a ton of neighbors and a lot <laughs> well, of you didn't know before. <laughs> totally. Uh, but it's been just awesome, you know, getting around and, and seeing people and you're kind of craving those interactions and quality time with the kids. So uh, it's a new, a new hobby. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let's start with a quick overview uh, of Chorus.ai for those that may not be familiar, especially when you use the phrase conversation intelligence platform. Help us understand what Chorus does and what that, what that phrase means. Yeah, so we, we are you know, capturing the conversations that sales teams are having with the customers, probably the most important aspect of building up relationships. So we have a native integration into Zoom. Uh, we work with all different meeting platforms, but it's about deeply understanding whether your team is bringing its best and what works best to drive conversations forward and deals forward. How do we deeply understand what happens in those conversations and the key topics and whether competitors mentioned a pricing and unlock that voice of the customer, bringing it back to the rest of the company and getting this kind of truth into the rest of the sale, uh, the sales stack. Um, Get so, rid of the sales stories that we all tell ourselves. <laughs> that's right. You know, we, we now know what actually happened and how do we deeply hear it straight from the, the voice of the customer. Excellent. And so with this, with this platform, you're obviously, you're, you're getting a lot of data. There's a lot of data coming in. And I'm, I'm curious right now, just given the current state of things, how often are you hearing or seeing COVID or coronavirus or you know, related derivatives showing up in calls or what trends have you seen or, or impacts? Yeah, it's been interesting. We started looking at specifically the COVID-19 mentions, you know, back in early February. So like February 23rd, we saw it jump up to 8% of calls had a mention of, of COVID. And the week later, it was 29%. By March 8th, it was 63%. And it jumped up to 98% by March 16th. So we saw a significant increase. It's dipped clearly since then. We're seeing kind of new trends in terms of how people are engaging. But it was fascinating to watch that you know, go up. And that was, in some ways, just a, a beat ahead of even the news cycle on it. 
Well, and so and now we're so we're just for the audience, so you know, we're it's it's middle of June uh, when we're recording this. And, and now the news is, you know, everybody's trying to reopen and then there's a whole bunch of new stuff. But when you say that you saw the spike and then there's new trends coming out, what kind of new trends ideally are you seeing? Yeah, I, today, what's interesting, I'm looking at some of our most recent data is sort of what does this all mean now? Now that we're reopening and, and, and just dealing with this this new normal and interesting things like demos are 8% shorter now. And why? Because demos are starting later. They used to start right after the 10th minute of a call, and now they start around the 12th minute of a call. So there's more time being spent on empathy, on coming to agreement, on understanding folks that's impacting how you know demos are being used in the sales experience today. And and are there other so like fun, let's think fundamentals right so everybody everybody has an opinion on you know should I be emailing more or cold calling more or, or or things like that but are there fundamental changes that you're seeing is it taking more calls to get a hold of a prospect or less calls or people is there call fatigue because everybody's you know working from home or or maybe like myself they're looking for a reason to talk to another human being that isn't uh, someone I'm living with twenty four seven. Hey, look, I know the feeling, but I, you know, one thing we've noticed on uh, just looking at cold calls, overall cold call dials are down 27% since January. That's as of kind of mid-February data point. So cold calls did take a dip. They dropped dramatically the week of March 23rd. And that makes sense. That's when shelter in place really kicked in and they've kind of stayed lower. Uh, you've got, you know, people not in the office. So those phone numbers aren't uh, active. You're more reliant on cell phone numbers. But what's interesting is that those making calls are connecting at almost the same rate. So we've seen connect rates hold steady around the 10% mark. So we didn't see a big drop in that. We, what we basically have been seeing is that if you're willing to make the calls, people will pick them up. Wow. And and so any way the system can provide insight into like overall meeting volume for all of the same reasons that I think about, you know, why I pick up the phone now more when I get cold calls, are people booking more meetings? And maybe it's a trend that, you know, as COVID and shelter in place started to happen, we saw something different than maybe what you're seeing now. Yeah, the it, it's interesting on the overall meeting volume, it has held incredibly steady since pre-COVID levels. You know, it is essentially it's been down about 9% from what we were seeing maybe in the January timeframe. But that was a surprise to us. I would have expected to have seen a much bigger drop with the yeah, entire report. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody's shifting and working from home. And what when we peeled the onion back, what we've noticed is that certain segments, certain verticals are significantly up on meeting volume. So if it's the collaboration project management companies, you know, they were up 45% since pre-COVID. Sales tech companies up 6%, FinTech up 10, security up seven, but there's companies that are significantly down. So HR tech and recruiting companies are down 28%, data BI down 20. And so when you put that together, although it looks sort of even and flat, there's a wider variance by segment for sure. It definitely would change. A lot of industries that were going stronger have screeched to a halt. And, and some of those that were just, you know, doing well have taken off. Like, um, I, I was talking to the president of the, one of the fitness galleries here in town, not a gym, but they sell home gym equipment. 
his business is up 368%. He says his phone's ringing off the hook. He doesn't have enough time in his day to take meetings because everybody wants a home gym. All right. So it's interesting to see how when you look across those industries and those markets, it changes. And then not only that, but I would assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that depending upon the industry that I'm calling into, my level of empathy and my approach has to change based on the reality of the individuals in those markets and segments and what's going on in those in those types of businesses. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. We've been hearing interesting pieces on that. First one is your ability to target accounts based on the industries that are thriving and and you know making it through this in a more positive way that's critical so making sure that you're you're focusing your time and effort on industries that are up the the second piece that surprised me when i've talked to different guests uh, reviewing this data is that in in markets that you think might be down we keep hearing more positive attributes an example was a company that was uh selling point of sale systems to you know, restaurants, you would think that that would be, you know, my assumption was that's getting crushed, especially back in, you know, March and April time period. And what I was hearing from this, this one, you know, sales leader was that, look, restaurants find this, this to be a good time to upgrade their systems. It's quiet, they can do it. And whether, you know, how that was playing out, it was an authentic comment. I didn't feel like I was just being told that it was, they were seeing upside and they had to target the right accounts themselves. So I think there has been some just great conviction to work through this and to you know bring good solutions together during a tough time. And have you seen a number of say executives involved in sales calls now versus say pre covid like January time frame to now or or again was that trend different through March April time frame and and changing now or or is it is it just something that's kind of stayed constant? Yeah, it's been one of the more interesting stats. So both the executive involvement on the sales side as well as on the buying side is up significantly. So on the sales side, so if I'm an AE, what we're finding is that, you know, I would have an 88% increase in my you know, leadership joining those calls. So that's, that's a director level and a 72% increase in executives joining the calls. That's significant. That's changing the way that I'm engaging if I'm an AE. It means that I'm having a you know, almost two X involvement of uh, you know, my leadership on calls. And one of the drivers is on the buying side. So the vendors that are purchasing, they have doubled. We've seen a hundred percent increase in directors joining calls and 104% increase in executives. So we're seeing a very different motion since pre COVID of leadership being actively involved uh, in these calls. And maybe one last app that's really interesting is we've seen a 91% increase in CFOs joining calls. Uh That's a big uptick. I mean, in the middle of May, we saw this jump up significantly. That really does shift the way you run your sales process and how you think about the materials and how you present ROI. It's different when you know you have the CFO in these calls playing an active role. And with the executive involvement increase, does it change the buying cycle? Is it, are they with CFOs? I would wonder if it's changing requests for payment terms or, you know, making sales, but it could in some situations make them shorter. We're seeing any impacts there. That's a good question. On the the payment terms specifically, we saw net 30, which used to be about 76% of deals had net 30 payment terms. This is sort of early March data. It dropped as low as 56% by mid-April and has bounced back up. So now we're seeing, you know, middle of May, about 67% of deals are back to net 30 terms. So it's been, you know, you can see a direct impact in sort of the, the severity of the, of the, 
you know, COVID-19 impacting this. What, what I'm hearing, Chad, is that by having the execs involved, we are seeing sales cycles that are being very compressed in certain cases. So in some cases, they're being much longer because we're not business essential. That could be perceived. You know, certain companies aren't being seen as business essential. But in others, we're getting all the right parties together who are moving incredibly quickly to implement and, and sign off on new technologies that otherwise might have had a much longer sales cycle. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's, let's pivot a little bit and talk about it in, in now we've got all this data, right? There's all this data, there's all this <laughs> yeah. insight. We know we, we have better vision, better focus of what we need to be doing and how we maybe need to enable our sales teams. So I'm curious how it's changed or impacted the selling motion at chorus.ai. Uh, yeah. On our side, I, I think authenticity is just so key. I'm, I'm excited about what I'm seeing in sales right now in 2020, it is some of the best sales I think we've seen in a decade in terms of just sales, people really having to deeply think about the ROI they bring companies and how to communicate that in a more natural way. So it isn't so just automated, you know, sending out the sequence and, you know, blitz, blitz, blitz. I think we're having to think more critically about how we engage people and how we rise through the noise to make sure that what we're doing is mission critical, business essential. So for us, as an example, you know, this data was an example of, look, we have remarkable data that could inspire and give confidence to executives out there who are trying to understand how their own teams are performing. How do we unleash this and get this out to the market and enable our sales team to use this data in sales calls? This is different than what we were doing before, but to be thought leaders and actually help people make brilliant decisions right now, that was one of our ways to you know, change up our own messaging and motion. And are there challenges? So, I mean, there's, a, there's definitely a lot of positives, but I'm curious, you know, a lot of people, I think I, I'm kind of experiencing, you know, people are coming out of the, the, the shock and awe that was the initial, you know, shutdowns and things like that. But what challenges are you seeing across the, across the revenue funnel? I think that, you know, it, in there's certain categories of companies that are just very negatively impacted on their budgets. And, you know, how do we get more creative to work with companies, be more flexible and just more thoughtful about either whether it's payment terms, how we put a deal together, but there are definitely categories and existing customers that are being impacted more severely than others. And that's required us to be, you know, very nimble, very thoughtful and speed up our process of kind of connecting our own kind of finance ops teams closely connected to the sales and CS motion to make sure that we're just doing what's right for the customer and, you know, finding ways to work through this tough patch. So that that's one area. I think the second thing is just how do you, how do you keep the teams motivated, you know, during this time? It's tough. You, you mentioned, you know, we're all at home and everyone's in different situations. There's some real challenge that comes with this. So how do you keep it interesting? And, you know, on our side, we've sped up our velocity significantly, you know, we're weekly, company-wide all hands. We have a, employees actually host the all hands. So each week we have a, uh, a just any employee in the company is, is selected. It's like a Saturday Night Live sort of experience, <laughs> uh, but it keeps it really interesting. So I sort of co-host this. I've always enjoyed, you know, working with some member of the team that helps to keep it fresh and interesting and just little things, you know, scavenger hunts that are virtual. You know, one last thing, Chad, we had a we had our first virtual wine tasting event with prospects last week. Uh-huh. It, was, it was actually incredibly well done. It was, you know, we had uh, you know, a winery lead the tasting virtually, you know, polling questions that were thoughtful, and then breakout groups at the end on specific topics. 
but it worked. You know, it, it, for what we were trying to achieve, we had people around the country coming together, drinking a lot of wine that was shipped to them, you know, just before the event, and having really nice dialogue and conversation. It's interesting the, um, the 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 shipping to individuals at their homes, right? And I know we're totally off script here, but we we <laughs> we've done virtual. We've done virtual trainings. It was always a small part of our business. Obviously, it's now 100% of our business. And the shipping to shipping of workbooks or, or kits to individual homes. Have you run into privacy challenges? So like I have some clients where they're like, yeah, no, our client, our customers are, our people are fine. Here's a list of their home addresses. And others where they're like, mm, why don't you just ship those all to us and we'll take care of it? Have you run into any of those challenges at all? I don't know. As part of this process, I, I I was not aware of us writing into any challenges about this. I also think people right now are, if you're willing to ship them some bottles of wine, I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I guess it's completely different based on wine versus me shipping you a kit to do some sales training. <laughs> touche. Touche on that one. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So let's change the direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions at the end of each other. The first is simply, as a CEO, that means you are a prospect for sales professionals. I'm always curious to understand when somebody doesn't have a trusted referral into you, like there's no reference that comes in, what works best for you to capture your attention and earn the right to some time on your calendar? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and you're talking to a former hunter and kind of an outbound <laughs> person. Look, referrals... Great. I, those are that clearly makes things easier. But that also assumes that the referral uses the referral thoughtfully, isn't just you know connected to you. But I'm looking for conviction. I'm looking for someone that that really is personally choosing to reach out to me. You can tell that I was selected for a reason. Maybe they've got you know 100 companies they think they can really help, and they think I'm one of them. I want to hear that in the tone. I want to feel special, and I want to see a, a, a thoughtful person want to engage with me, not just to book a meeting, but to really say, look, I think we can play a major role. You know, we, we wanna do that for people. We know everyone's working from home and we can keep teams connected. That's not just a, hey, I'm referred in. It's we're playing mission critical role right now to help keep executives connected and coaching their, their team members. This, this, is, this isn't optional. You're gonna buy us a beer in six months and say, thanks for being so <laughs> persistent. So I just think that authentic, thoughtful and fresh is so important, which is choose your own words, be thoughtful, do not put me into an eight step trip sequence. Those can work, but make sure that I'm getting some thoughtfulness about why you're reaching out to me because I'm happy to take those calls if you think you can solve our problems. Excellent. All right. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. I have a feeling I know what this answer will be. But if there's one thing you could tell sales, marketing or professional services, people one piece of advice, you could give them that you believe would help them hit their targets, what would it be and why? Have a purpose. Have a purpose when you talk to everybody. It's the Jim Collins built the last book approach. But purpose is defined as how do you help people? So what do you, why are you reaching out? How are you actually going to help that individual or that company? And I just think if you know the why, if you have that purpose, everything else is super easy. If Jim, if a listener's interested in learning more about course.ai or experience talking to you or, or seeing more of the data, where do you want us to send them? They can uh, go to chorus.ai and we've got a bunch of different links to take them to the data and to you know get started and, and to get a you know to get a demo. Awesome. Hey, I can't thank you enough for taking time. It's been amazing having you on the show. 
Thanks, Chad. Really appreciate it. All right, everybody. That does it for this episode. You know the drill. B2Brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, family, coworkers. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. Till next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.